Monroe Doctrine was basically when um, the U.S. basically decided to claim the Western Hemisphere. So basically where America and South America and everything is, they said we're basically basically going to control everything that goes on here. That's why it was such a big deal when Cuba started making nukes because America is supposed to be controlled of this side of the world. And a part of it was we're going to go out and we're going to claim whatever we want. That's what, how we have Puerto Rico. We annexed Cuba, Philippines, Guam, Hawaii, all those places. And even after America stopped claiming countries, we still continued just indirectly. And that's why um, we were behind a whole bunch of invasions and uprisings and whatnot, always funding rebel groups. Um, that's why I think the U.S. is, is right now the whole drug epidemic is the U.S. paying for its crimes in the past because we are behind a lot of that funding because went to overthrow and destabilize an entire continent right under us and pretend that's not going to impact us in the future. Now we have a drug problem. We have cartels running whole countries in South America and bring uh, drugs and stuff into the U.S. And that's why I don't like people like these Mexicans and these like South Americans. And it's like, we're the ones who caused it. But the Monroe Doctrine basically, um, yeah, belief that like America can basically do what it wants with other countries. So basically in France of 1951, they had a commune, a commune type village or neighborhood and it had like 600 people in it. 600 and less. And I think they created it to hold, like, the civilians. I don't really know why. But it wasn't, like, gated or anything like that. Um, I know that in 1951, it was after the World War II. And so in France, they had, like, rations and stuff like that. So they had the ONIC, which is basically, like, this... Well, yeah, they were essentially in charge of controlling what communities and towns got what flour or rations to make their food. It was called Pont Saint Esprit. Yeah, Esprit. Um, so basically that place had a, po- a mass poisoning. Ugh, it was real bad. So originally the first day, it was like in August, right? The first day they had a lot of people, like 75 people coming in to their local doctors talking about how they were having like hallucinations and having like feeling sick. They were seeing stuff. So they had to deal with those 75 people. But the next day there was over 200 people, 200 plus people that were dealing with that. I heard that there was fires. There was people jumping out of windows, people killing other people. Like it's just a whole lot of hysteria and stuff like that. Um, originally, they had, you know, closed case. They called, They said it was the baker because the baker had air, ergo poisoning with the fungus. And ergo was basically a fungus that can grow in wheat, which can cause dizziness, convulsion, and psychosis. Mm-hmm. However, um, that would have been the case had it not been for animals being affected by it nearby. Now, cats and dogs and, you know, goats or whatever, they can eat bread, but... Do you think all of those in the area were going to be getting the same bread? No, not really. So they said that it was in the water supply and it wasn't actually ergo, but it was actually LSD. And because the baker uses water and stuff like, I guess, water 
to create their bread, it might have gotten in their supply, but people were saying it was a water supply. And they had blamed it on the CIA, or the conspiracy was that it was actually the CIA testing it on them and using LSD. Now, the CIA has done LSD testing on people before. I don't know why they chose the um, the French commune little village, but maybe it's because it was isolated, isolated somewhat in a confined area because, again, it didn't have a whole bunch of people in it. It was like 600, 500 less people. So they could have tested on them, seen, you know, the effects or whatever, and then got what they wanted. Now, was the French involved? I have no idea. I mean, I would think it's really hard for America to really go underneath their nose and spike a whole village without them knowing. But again, it was after World War II, so I'm not really sure how that would have stood. Um, but yeah, they tested on them and stuff like that. Now, there were seven, seven some people say seven, some people say five people, but I think it says seven people were killed or died. Mm. 50 people were put into asylums, but if there were over 250, if there were 250 people and you only got 50 of them in asylums and some people were dead, what happened to the rest of them? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, the CIA has a history of containing people that they experiment on and stuff like that. So I'm thinking maybe they took them, but then again, if we were to go there, take all their people, then, it, you know, the French wouldn't just let that happen. Up, yeah. Right. Unless they were in on it. And they're like, okay, you test this on them. We'll deal with the collateral damage and you tell us what happens with the results. We'll let you keep some of them in isolated asylums and then, you know, do your thing. I mean, they probably put the people in asylums who were probably a threat who knew too much yeah. or whatever, or who were, like, mm. too rebellious. And they probably let the other people who were more docile because they're not as much of a threat or they didn't have symptoms as bad. So it's like, we can let them go, but let's get the people who might get us in trouble. You know, if somebody's talking too loud, like, hey, these people are behind them. Like, oh, he's crazy. Yeah, they like to call him. Yeah. And then contain him in an asylum. Did the chef go to jail or did he face any charges or anything? I think he was the scapegoat because the French... They said it was disproved. They said that they ruled it out as mercury, um, as a possible cause. And they said that the baker ended his life poor and disgraced. That's fucked up. See, that don't even sound right in itself. First you blame him and say it was the leak. Then you go back and say, oh, no, it's probably mercury. Yeah. That doesn't even make sense because... Mercury's and like a lot of seafood. If that was possible, then I feel like there'd be more psychosis with like Japanese and Korean people who eat so much seafood. And or yeah, people mm-hmm. like that. I feel like it would have been this would have been the first one. It would be a normal thing for coastal societies to have large scale psychosis. But this was like a town inland, mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. It wouldn't even make sense for that much mercury to end up there. And I feel like people will probably be more sick than psychotic if it was mercury because it's more toxic than anything. And plus, yeah, mercury is in a lot of things. That doesn't make sense. Especially since they're like, like you said, they're inland. They're probably farmers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They make bread. Like mercury inside of the bread or inside of 
the things that they're doing just didn't make sense. Yeah, mercury and bread is crazy. Yeah. Someone definitely spiked it if it was in there. It wasn't mercury. That's mm -hmm. just another... Another excuse or yeah. cover up. Yeah, I think that's uh, one reason the CIA overall should be disbanded. Because they're behind a lot of turmoil in the world. Um, overthrowing the governments, rebel groups. Uh, they instigate a lot of stuff without the U.S. being directly able to to take the blame for stuff. So they always do it through uh, other entities. And it's the same thing with, like, torture, how the CIA used to get in trouble with um, mm -hmm. torturing people and stuff like that. I think Guantan Guantanamo Bay and what. So now they teach other people to torture and have them do it for them. Uh, I think the CIA is the reason uh, the world is the way it is. Because um, I think that's why Africa and South America are poor. And there's always so much war. Um, some presidents in the past, like even Obama talked about his biggest regret is invading Libya. And a lot of people believe that that's why JFK was assassinated because he had beef with the CIA because he said they were too powerful. They were pushing him to start wars. They were, they, they were like blood hungry. They, they wanted to pull the trigger on everything. They wanted to, I think it was during the time Vietnam had either just the war had just finished or just started. And he wasn't pro-war like that. And so during his time in office, he had a lot of beef with them. They always wanted him to do this and do that. Uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, the CIA was like, yes, let's go invade Cuba, let's go do this. And he was like, no, that could start a war and that could end everything. And uh, Kennedy was more peace. He wanted to, he would talk to the leaders directly. He would try to work things out with them. And he was trying to keep the CIA at bay because they just wanted blood. They wanted to invade this place and that place, and they wanted to go head to head with Russia, and they wanted to do this and that. And they thought he was foolish because he wasn't pro-war. And so uh, people believe that when he was assassinated, it wasn't by the mafia or, or directly through them or the person who just assassinated him. It was people in his own circle in the CIA who saw him as an enemy in uh, the government. And I believe the reason the CIA is the way it is is because I believe people on the inside of the CIA are paid off by large corporations because that's evident in, um, in like some invasions in South America, like how Banana Republic and a few other uh, agricultural giants based in the U.S., basically convinced the U.S. and said, hey, these people are, they're taking back their land. Even though it's a democracy, they're doing this. And then they decide to, let's call it socialism or communism. And that's what we're going to use to cover up the reason for why we're invading them and whatnot. Really, we just want our land back and we just want to continue to make our profits. And so uh, the U.S. went in, they sponsored rebel groups, invaded and came up with a whole bunch of BS reasons for why they're going down there because, you know, it's communism and whatnot, even though it wasn't communism, it was socialism. They just wanted people to be able to own their land and the government to be able to control some industries. But, um, yeah, and that could be said the same about, like, Nigeria and Shell and how uh, I think our one of our presidents got assassinated, meeting with a, a U.S., um, 
what are they called? Ambassador. Uh, they mm-hmm. said she put something in his tea. This is all a conspiracy theory, and of course she denies it. But he was even writing a book about freeing Africa from the grips of like the West and Europe and America and stuff like that. And so he was trying to get shell out of Nigeria, and he was trying to like you know make Nigeria fulfill its potential. And so he had tea with her, and they say he started coughing, he started complaining about pain. Oh, I heard about that. And yeah, he died within like twenty four hours. Um. Yeah, the CIA is behind a lot of stuff. Constant destabilizations. Even one of my teachers, uh, who was a veteran, he talked about when the whole thing in the Middle East started. The first thing they started building, because he was there, the first thing they started building was roads. And he asked us, "Do we know why?" And I knew it was something related to oil, because you know, I'm really like learning about like hidden history and stuff like that but he said so they could all get to the oil fields so they could take out the oil and export it and he talked about how different countries like uh, I think he either said China or Japan because they have like a policy where they don't get in, uh, involved in foreign affairs so they had to, they paid Chinese to build the stuff for them and to so they can make the money through them and whatnot. but um yeah the CIA evidently if you look at history they're always behind uh, a lot of death, a lot of exploitation, oppression, and it's supposed to be offered a betterment of the U.S., but I don't think that's an effective way to, or an efficient way to uh, benefit us, because if, let's say, you can say, oh yeah, but it's benefited the U.S. economically and whatnot, I think it's also, like, bit us in the back, because now we have a drug problem, and a whole bunch of drugs flowing in from South America. And people try to blame it on, like, on Mexico and all these people are thugs and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we're the ones who caused it. We're the ones who funded it. We encouraged them to do those things, to fund uh, rebellions against socialism and, and communism and whatnot. And so now we're paying for what we went through. I mean, for what we did. And it's the same with, like, people complain about oh, all these immigrants coming in from the Middle East and terrorism. The CIA actually funded um, ISIS when it first started uh, because it was a rebel group against, uh, I don't know if it was Saddam Hussein or someone, someone who the U.S. didn't like. And the U.S. always likes to fund rebel groups because, you know, they can say they didn't have nothing to do with it. It was these rebels over here, but they trained them. They gave them ammunition. And they're like, yeah, it's working. Then it got out of hand. And now, boom, you have 9-11, you have a whole bunch of stuff going on, and like, oh, this war on terror. So it's like, we always pay for our crimes. We always say, no, we're getting ahead, we're protecting the U.S. Uh, logistics and our resources and whatnot. But then, oh, no, you don't want immigrants to come in. No, now we have terrorism. All these people are dying, we have a drug problem. And then we like to blame on other people and then have the media push that so that way we're okay with how we treat them in retaliation, but really we started it. Yeah, and people aren't really aware of that. I don't think the average human, well, the average American knows uh, the things the U.S. is behind. I don't think, yeah, the normal person doesn't really know. Although I think that's the reason a lot of people don't like the U.S., especially in third world countries, because it's like the U.S. did this and that to us, and Americans are oblivious to what the government has done. Facts. But... And, like, again, the U.S., instead of learning the lesson from, like, terrorism, and instead of saying, yeah, maybe we should 
not be so we should stop messing with other people's even in Europe they actually did in Croatia they messed with their um elections because I remember when Russia was trying to mess with our elections they were like but the U.S. never does that and they did that with an interview with one of the CIA dudes and he like just laughed and he was like ha yeah because she said we don't do that anymore right and he just kind of laughed it off and he said well mm. he was like you know if we need to which is just if we want to but um yeah, uh, instead of learning from the war of terror and saying, yeah, we should stop this, they were like, let's use this as another excuse to go exploit and take oil. And we're going to go stop terror, but we're just there to, um, yeah, make more money, boost our economy, uh, different military entities to make money like Lockheed Martin. Let's make new weaponry and whatnot. So basically, Project MKUltra was um, an experimentation program designed by the CIA to um, develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used to torture and weaken forces and force confessions through um, brainwashing and like the use of drugs, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, um, electroshocks, verbal abuse, and they used a lot of LSD. It says um, it started during the Cold War, and the CIA was convinced that communists had discovered the drug technique to control humans, so they wanted to do that in return. Yeah, I see. They said it was two, two phases of it. The first phase was to, like, basically delete the current mind that the person has. And then the second phase was to give them basically a different mind, different way of thinking um, to like fully control the person. But uh, they happened to, they got the first phase done, which was, you know, clearing out the old mind, but they had a problem with putting in a new mind for the person and they kind of like, like some people just started tripping out basically like just started doing their own thing and it just became a big uh, a big problem because you know they didn't know like they just after they figured out they couldn't do it they just stopped they just stopped doing it and um since it was like a closed file like nobody really knew about it they have no idea of who was really affected, and they don't really have any real proof of um, who they did it to, who they didn't do it to. So that's a big problem. Yeah. Um. Um, it was like really bad torture. Like real, real bad. Electroshocks, hypnosis, yeah. sensory dep- deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, and other forms of torture. And they did that to make them more suggestive because, um, what was it? It's not like fear, but they basically wore down the person yeah. to make them more suggestive. Thanks. It says they like tempted heroin addicts to taking LSD with offers of more heroin to get them to join the experiment. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw uh, the CIA bought the world's, after they discovered LSD, they bought the world's entire supply of LSD for $240,000 and brought it to the U.S. And they spread it through fake foundations and told doctors, prisons, whatnot, find out what this is, you know, and uh, 
uh, see how it affects people and whatnot. And it says it ignited like um the counterculture um where like you know how we see pictures of like hippies in like the seventies and fifties and stuff like that. How drugs started and psychedelics started getting popular. LSD was one of the things that ignited that because of the CIA's um forced popularity of the substance. And um, the MK Ultra, pa- well, there there weren't patients, but the people that they tested on, didn't they also test on military soldiers? Mm-hmm. Military soldiers. It was in the United States and Canada. Mm. I think I saw something about them trying to make them like super soldiers. Super soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> By testing the LSD on them. They tried to because they tried to see if they could make um some soldiers that you could not uh i don't think necessarily like super strong or super tall but they wanted people who could be programmed and who could you could switch them on and they would go into like kill mode or they would become like super focused and be able to it's like captain america um captain america without the the physical aspect but more of the psychotic i don't care about murder and if they tell me to mm. kill this many people, I'll be able to do it with no And problem. then if they were to get caught, they wouldn't be able to tell them anything. Probably, because um, if I was going to mind control somebody to kill for me, I'd also mind control them to not be able to rat me out if they get caught. And also, if you do crazy torture on them, nothing that they see overseas can really affect them for real. Mm-hmm. Because you'd already done it with the help of drugs, too. Yeah, I know... Um, there's this thing if somebody goes through enough trauma sometimes their mind will just block it out mm-hmm. and so like that's why some people in like asylums if they went through some crazy stuff they won't know how they're there what happened they don't remember any of that traumatic stuff because their mind is like it's they experience something that's so extreme to them that it, it feels it's better for them to not even know and so that might have been a tactic um, and mind controlling some of these soldiers, if you can damage them so much, they're gonna be a blank slate. The mind is gonna shut everything out, and from there you can control someone easier. Okay, playing devil's advocate again. Um, some people might be like, no, after hearing all this, right? Some people might be like, well, the CIA, the CIA does more good than it does bad. You know, even though they do like they have bad means to it, the end goal might be good. Like, let's say they did make a super soldier or whatever like that. Then, do you think they wouldn't be able to send a whole lot of people if we were to get into a war? They just sent a few of them. I that mean, really you're assuming that the U.S. is on the good side of a war. That's true. Because um, we know that the victor, the victor is right. History. So we're assuming that the U.S. is like. They're not just going to tell us it's a good war and that we should be on our side. Right. So it's like, yeah, plus we could have another agency that focuses on gathering intel without destabilizing countries, testing drugs on its own people or other people. And like, yeah, that's not as destructive. So I don't think the CIA is necessary. You're saying they can still make a whole other agency that does it without... There can be some entity that does the the job that the CIA is supposed to do is just gather intelligence from other countries. That would be less destructive. So I think 
the CIA should be disbanded. That concludes this week's episode of Rapid Theory.